Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. The Three and Out Podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the NFL playoff time, and there's no better place to get into the action than FanDuel. Awesome new and existing user promotions. America's number one sportsbook. Very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. And FanDuel is now live in Ohio. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out Podcast. The AFC and NFC Championship games are set. We got the Birds hosting the Niners. And Mahomes and Burrow, part due. Let's do it. What a day of football. Bye-bye, Cowboys. Great effort, Dak. I don't know what the hell that was. Bills, a lot of football to discuss. A lot of stuff to discuss. A lot going on. I will dive into the two games coming up. We'll have a big week of football. Looking forward to these uh, conference championship games. A lot of talent, obviously. Mahomes' injury status. A lot going on this week. Uh, So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. If you listen on Collins' feed, greatly appreciate you. I'm going to add a couple mailbags at the end of this podcast. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire in those DMs. I'll put a longer mailbag on Tuesday's show, and we'll keep rocking and rolling. And uh, and yeah, we got to enjoy the football because what? We've got three more games left. Now that the Pro Bowl doesn't exist as a skills challenge, we've just got three more games left. Now that the Pro Bowl ever counted, but I kind of counted it because we all... I watched would be strong, but I had it on the TV in the background, but now I don't know. So, uh, yeah, let's dive into some football. But before we do, let me tell you about my friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. This is the fastest growing ticket app in America. I just went to my first hockey game. It was incredible. Big hockey guy now. I will go again because of my friends at game time. I went to the app. I downloaded it on my phone. I signed up. And when I signed up, I typed in John, that's J-O-H-N in the promo code, and I got $20 off a pair of tickets. Now, if you want to go to an NBA game, if you want to go to a uh, college basketball game, if you want to go to NHL games, if you want to go to concerts, take your friend, take your dad, take your mom, take your wife, take your sister, take your brother, take your buddies, your son, whatever. Use game time and use my promo code J-O-H-N to go to any event wherever you live. Get the best deal with game time, download the app on your phone, sign up, use the promo code J-O-H-N. Can't recommend it enough. Love my friends at game time. Let's dive into some football. And overall take, the best four teams are playing. And I think sometimes in the NCAA tournament, when you get to the final four, 
it's not always the best team, right? There's some upsets. There's some underdogs. There's some Cinderella stories. The four best teams are playing. Clearly in the NFC, the two best teams are playing. Niners at the Eagles. Let's go. It was pretty clear over the second half of the season, there was a big three in the AFC. It was the Chiefs, the Bengals, and the Bills. And what's weird is we held the Bills to such high esteem all season long because of the game they almost won last year at Kansas City, even though the Bengals went to the Super Bowl and also beat the Chiefs last year in the AFC Championship, also beat them during the regular season. But it was those three teams every year is different. And we saw today, like, actually, no. The Bills are not remotely close to as good as the Bengals. And they got worked. And we'll dive into that game here in a second. But when you look at the 49ers and the Cowboy game, the thing that stood out to me the most is, listen, I, I have some takes that I'm very, very uh, adamant about, right? The Brandon Staley take, my Cliff Kingsbury take, my thoughts on the Patriots coaching staff. And one thing with Dak Prescott is I never understood how you could pay him $40 million a year. Now, unlike Brandon Staley, who I think is kind of a fake guy, I like Dak a lot. Fantastic human being, the type guy you want in your building as an NFL team. But not every player is worthy of being paid a premium. And just because certain players play positions that net them X amount of money doesn't mean that you should pay them that amount of money. I got no problem breaking the bank for Nick Bosa's, for Micah Parsons, for Jamar Chase's, for Trent Williams. Go around the league to the top players. I, I pay premiums. Four premiums, all pros, elite Pro Bowl guys. I will pay top of the market, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, whatever. Because I know in the biggest moments, those guys on a given game, on a given series, in a given matchup will dominate, will be the best player on the field, will be the best player at their given position, no matter who we're playing. Dak Prescott can have a great game. He did versus Tampa. Newsflash. Tampa stinks. Over the course of a season, though, Dak nets out where he always nets out, somewhere between like 10 and 13 in the league, which is, on the grand scheme of things, pretty good. But in the playoffs, you watch him, you go, I don't know. I don't see it. Because it's not about one individual pass. It's about the turnovers. He's throwing the ball to the other team. I think I saw on Twitter today, Five picks in his playoff career. Today, he threw two, and he easily could have thrown a third that Drake Greenlaw would have walked in the end zone. In these big playoff games, in the divisional round, in the conference championship, and obviously in the Super Bowl, as a quarterback, you have to take care of the football. And I've defended Dak on individual games, like in that Jags game where they lost in overtime. And I forget, it might have been Noah Brown. I forget the exact receiver. It hit off his... Is numbers. Not every interception is on the quarterback. We see it throughout the league, right? You can throw a pick that the that the wide receiver should get that on their stat sheet, but that's not the way it works. The, the interceptions fall on the quarterback. Today's interceptions were hideous. They were embarrassing. And they ultimately, in a game that was 19 to 12, and for a large portion of it was six to six and nine to nine, decided the freaking game. It led to six points, multiple field goals, his turnovers. They were backbreakers. Clearly, the Cowboys this year did not have the potent weapons like they did last year. Amari Cooper's not on the team. 
Cedric Wilson's not on the team. Tony Pollard got hurt in this game. Like you saw the Niners. They're loaded. But they also, in a game with a seventh-round quarterback today, could not afford to throw an interception. Brock did not. They barely could afford to turn the ball over, and they did on a fumbled punt by Ray-Ray McLeod. In a big tight game, in a low-scoring game where the defenses are dominating, turnovers are going to determine it. And today, when you watch the Cowboys, penalties creeped up, and they impacted them. Not as badly as the game last year in San Francisco, but it was Dak's decision-making. And 13 interceptions in his last nine games. And again, not there are several picks in that of those 13 that are not his fault. But even if that number's nine, you can't average a turnover a game. You can't be playing the best defense in the league and throw two picks, not to get tipped at the line of scrimmage, not to go off your wide receiver hands, that literally hit defenders in stride. Dominic, Len- Dominic Lenore, I'm screwing up his name, I just call him Lenore, jumped the route on you like that. He looked like Deion Sanders. He looked like Eric Davis. The other play that went off Jimmy Ward, who also jumped the route and ended up on Fred Warner, like those are horrendous passes. Dre Greenlaw read you like those are the type plays that happened to Matt Ryan or Derek Carr that literally everyone that's watching the game makes fun of said quarterback. And that was Dak today. And when I pay, it's one thing, if if, if Brock Purdy would have thrown some picks today, At the end of the day, he's picked 262. He makes $700,000. And it would have been devastating. And it's not about what your paycheck is or where you're drafted. You're playing in the game. It is what it is. That's a $40 million a year player. $40 million. The standard and the expectation when you get paid that much money is so high. The reason when I'm watching the game today, it's like Micah Parsons, the hype, the the potential defensive player of the year, him and Bosa, like the standard in which he's held. Like every time I looked at number 11, it's like he's living up to it, right? Every time I look at 97 or 19, these guys are just making plays. Yet Dak, the highest paid player in the game by a wide margin was honestly one of the worst players in the game. And you can say, well, his numbers actually weren't that bad. And he, you know, he did throw a great ball to CD down the sideline. That's great. He threw two picks that ultimately was a major reason that cost his team the game. And he threw a pick last year against the 49ers. Backbreaking. You cannot turn the ball over. And right now, Dak Prescott is a turnover machine. In a game when the Dallas Cowboys coaching staff did a damn good job. Dan Quinn, who might be a head coach on another team in the very near future, more than likely is going to be gone. So there's a chance the defense could take a step back. They're stuck with this quarterback. And this quarterback right now hasn't just plateaued, Good player, solid, but holy moly, he throws a lot of interceptions and turns the ball over, and it'll kill the Cowboys today. And the 49ers and the Eagles, like, this this should happen. These are the two best teams in the NFC. Uh, I think when you look at the hierarchy of the NFC, there's the 49ers and the Eagles in their own tier. And then, honestly, probably Dallas in their next tier, and then you could argue over the next group of teams, right? The Seattles, the Detroits, the Giants, Minnesotas. Um Basically, a bunch of, when the dust settles, above average teams, but teams that were never going past the divisional round. And you look, this is a heavyweight matchup with star players literally everywhere. You know, I often say it's a coach-quarterback league because it is. The, The quarterbacks make the most money because they should. When you have a good one, a Joe Burrow, a Patrick Mahomes, right? I mean, a Josh Allen, in theory, you ride them to the promised land. 
Um, Josh still got to find a way to get there, but Joe and Patrick are pretty sweet. And the Eagles have the advantage, right? Jalen Hurts was an MVP before he got injured. He easily could have won the MVP. Patrick Mahomes is going to end up winning. But when I look at the coaching matchup, like Kyle Shanahan now has four playoff victories in the last 12 months. He has six in the last three years. He's done this a lot as a head coach. Sirianni has one career playoff victory, and it was against the New York Giants. And I like Nick Sirianni. I'm not trying to be some hater. So I'm the Eagles have the quarterback advantage, clearly. Jalen Hurts is a better player than Brock Purdy. And Kyle Shanahan is a better coach than Nick Sirianni. And the other thing is, like, Sirianni is very dependent on his coordinators, and they're pretty good. Gannon and Steichen. Kyle calls the play, so he impacts the game. Obviously, the Eagles come out hair on fire. Sirianni does a good job getting them ready. That's also not an issue for Kyle Shanahan and the Niners. I think this game's going to be fascinating. It's just an incredible matchup of elite players everywhere. We will dive into the game uh, as the week goes on, but it played out correctly. And then in the other game uh, in the morning, it was an eye-opener. One, it's I'm so glad that we avoided, and I I said when the Hamlin situation happened, I wasn't going to be critical of anything the league did about the outcome of how they figured out the situation with the game not being played. I did hate the neutral site in a dome for the three best teams were all outdoor teams playing in cold conditions. Like the Chiefs, the Bengals, and the Bills. Like, I can't be playing indoors. This isn't the Super Bowl. This is the AFC Championship game. So I'm glad, as Joe Burrow say, get those refunds, guys. Because that game, I did not like that. That thing bothered me. We avoided it. But the Bills, in a weird way for a team that, listen, I, I probably picked to win the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year. I said if they made it to Glendale, they were going to be my favorites because they were a dome team. If they would have won this game in the dome, I would have picked them against the Chiefs. They got their ass kicked today. They got thoroughly worked. It, it, it's one thing, obviously, Joe Burrow, the kid, guy's a star. <clears throat> Absolute stud. Think how many playoff games that guy's won. He won three last year. He's won two. He's won five playoff games in 12 months. And he's clearly leading the ship. And the defensive coordinator, the defense is solid. But Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Mixon, and Higgins, that is a potent unit. You know, we, we talk forever about, you know, the big three. And for a long time, it was Kelsey, Mahomes, and Hill. To me, the new big three is Higgins, uh, Chase, and Burrow. Absolute ass kickers. I would not have been shocked. I told Stucky, like, I'm just not betting against Joe Burrow and the points. It's one thing to win a game. It's another thing to destroy the Bills. And that's what they did. They worked them. Like, ultimately, the Cowboys lost. Cowboys didn't get worked. Their defense showed up to win a playoff game. Their defense handled the 49ers for for three quarters. They eventually wore down. Niners took advantage, won the game. Dak threw a couple picks. That was not by any means an ass game. That was a very, I, I was very entertained by that playoff game. Bills, Bengals. That was a, we're taking you to the woodshed, fellas. We're tougher than you. We're better than you. We're more potent than you. You're playing in Buffalo in this crazy snow environment. We're more prepared for this. And ultimately, a couple things translate in the playoffs. Physical defenses always translate. It's why the Cowboys had a chance today. It's why the Niners and the Eagles are still rolling. And a running game. And I've said this forever about Buffalo. I can't, like, ultimately, your quarterback is not Cam Newton. He's a, you know, a $300 million player, whatever he is. He makes $45 million a year. He's a fantastic player. 
he picked up some bad habits this year. He 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 kind of became this like hero syndrome guy. Like you can one thing Mahomes did a fantastic job of this season was like learning to live another down, checking the ball down sometimes. Not every single play I have to be Brett Favre reincarnated. And I got news for you. Mahomes is a better player than Favre, and Favre's one of the best players I've ever seen. But Mahomes, I thought this year was his most complete season ever. Maybe statistically he's throwing more touchdowns or whatever, but just in complete control of the game. That's also how Joe Burrow plays. Obviously, Burrow will hit Higgins and chase down the field, but he has no problem throwing the ball to his running backs. But the thing the Bengals do, obviously a lot better than the Bills, is they run the football. They will hand the ball to a legitimate running back. And in a game that's in the snow, and you can't just throw bombs all game long, trying to run for 150 yards is a healthy thing to do. And the Bills can't do that. And they haven't been able to do that in Josh Allen's time as a starting quarterback. And Sean McDermott, I like Sean McDermott a lot. He's like, I value knowing, you know, he's one of the head coaches I know in the NFL. I was rooting for him today. They got their ass kicked because they're not that tough. And offensively, when you don't have a run game, which is weird, most defensive coaches love having a run game. It it's it's hard to win in the playoffs, and it showed today. And they have to find a way to get someone on their team who can run between the tackles. And you can go, this guy's getting us a hundred plus yards. Because when the Bills went to four straight Super Bowls and they were one of the best teams of the decade in the 90s. One of their best players who's in the Hall of Fame was their running back. Because you're going to play a lot of games, whether you're playing at Buffalo, whether you're playing at Kansas City, whether you're playing against the Steelers or the Ravens in outdoor, inclement weather games. And you watch today. Burrow makes a lot of things happen. And he's very comfortable in the weather. But like their offense is very balanced. And he is not... In in a weird way for the star quarterback, he's playing within himself. And you watch Josh Allen, when you can't run the ball, it always feels like he's got to turn into either Cam Newton, he's got to run it, and it was really hard for him to do that, or they're just chucking it down the field. And it's not going to work when you're playing like Squaw Valley, you know, you know, or, or Vail, Colorado, and the snow's dumping. It feels like you should go skiing or snowboarding. And I, I thought the Bills like were just exposed for being soft today. Like the Cowboys, a lot of respect, not soft. Not that great, but they were not soft. Like there was one team today out of the four that you went, God, that looked like a soft operation. And it was the Buffalo Bills. And it feels like they've become very, very dependent on Josh, who now, like, let's face it. Now, I'm guilty of this. When we talk about quarterbacks, it's always like Mahomes, Allen, and then Burrow, Herbert, Lamar, and that kind of crew. We got to do it a little differently. It's... Mahomes and Burrow, and then Allen. And I love Josh. He's still one of my favorite players to watch. I I, I think eventually he's going to lead Buffalo to a Super Bowl. But they got to do a better job of, of building this thing around him. Because right now, with the no-run game, it's a problem. you know. And, and listen, we can be say he didn't play that well. And honestly, he's had two games where it's like a little more to be desired. And really, his season's been a little hit or miss. I believe in Josh Allen. But I'm not selling any stock. But you got to do a better job of like getting him a legitimate running back. Look how much better the Chiefs look with Pacheco. Now, he was a seventh-round pick, but just his physicality between the tackles, and it's not like Andy's calling run after run, but they can run the ball with a physical element. Because when you run the ball, it's not just about 
playing your opponent, it sets the tone in practice. It makes your team more physical. And you watch the Bills, they just kind of look soft, which is pretty crazy because maybe I was fooled. I, I thought they were really, really good. And I've probably done this, and a lot of people have probably done this. Zach Taylor's having a lot of success, and it shows you when you get the right quarterback, they clearly have talent, and you know their defensive coordinator is, does a really, really good job, but Joe Burrow is a really, really, really special quarterback. Like He is a... Watching Mahomes yesterday go full legend on the injury was just made me feel like a little kid. Like, that's cool. You got to drag the guy off the field. Watching Joe Burrow just kind of perfect playing the quarterback position it also kind of makes me feel like a little kid. Like, this guy is just, this This is what you want to watch. And obviously, the story all week is going to be Patrick Mahomes' health. I, I wish he, hopefully, he gets close to 100% as possible just because I want to watch these two, two best players in the league. Joe Burrow, uh, Jalen too. I mean, Jalen went healthy. He's awesome. Uh, but watch these guys throw haymakers at each other. Just a fantastic day of football. Uh, and I think no one's shocked that the Niners won, but <clears throat> watching the Bengals thoroughly dismantle the Bills, not something that I saw coming. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Looking to get more out of the NFL season? Now's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. The promo code is always Colin. FanDuel has tons of betting options. I like the same game parlay. Bet a little, win a lot. FanDuel's app is safe, secure, easy to use, and you get paid your winnings really fast. The no-sweat first bet up to 1000 bucks. 
Promo code Colin. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the National Football League. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, and Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, Jersey, and Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-877-HO P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369 in New York, Tennessee. Redline 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Okay, let's rattle off a couple mailbag questions. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire in those DMs and get your question answered on the show. Very, very easy to do. Let's start with uh, let's start with John here. Bills fan. Just finished watching a disappointing season come to an end at the same point two seasons in a row. I know McDermott changed the culture and made this team into perennial contender, but this team is now regressing. The expectations are now Super Bowl or bust with Allen. I think the organization needs to consider contacting Sean Payton and making a drastic move to replace a coach who has an enormous respect from the players in the organization. What are your thoughts? Might be risky, but I think Sean Payton is a hire you can sell to the players and the fan base. Can't wait to hear more from you and Sobel on the Go Low podcast. Got to figure out when the Go Low podcast is going to come back to life. Might be this week. I saw something in my inbox. Might be in a couple weeks. I don't know. But uh, a lot of golf talk coming up. I watched my second TV, John Rom get a second win of the season. Listen, I, I think Super Bowl or bust, like there was only one Super Bowl or bust guy the last 20 years, and that was really Brady and Bill. I'd say even Mahomes and Andy, it's hard to be Super Bowl or bust when you've only won one. Now, get, I would say the Chiefs are getting to the Super Bowl or bust, but like Nick Saban's championship or bust, most people are not. I think you guys are more like, it's not about losing, right? You could have lost, in the, you guys never won a Super Bowl. Hell, just getting to the AFC Championship game would have been incredible, right? But it's another thing in the second round to get destroyed. Today was tough. Today, today was tough because <clears throat> you got shoved around. They ran the ball down your throat, and you can't run the ball. So there's a toughness element to your team that's lacking. Now, I, I said this last week. Y- you guys, and this happens a lot in baseball and basketball, when you sign a huge free agent and you're a team that's really close, you sign Von Miller to $55 plus, or $50 million guaranteed, and he tours ACL. Like That was a massive, massive loss for you. You took a big swing on him, and, and it kind of backfired. Now, it's you, it's part of football. Guys get injured, but that, that's pretty crippling. I, You know, listen, I I hate to say this, but I, I think you'd you have to have a conversation. Now, part of Sean Payton is like, are you getting rid of Brandon Bean? Is he part of the problem? I think it's very, very difficult if I just remove any knowledge of like knowing the guy that I have Everything that happened over the last month with Hamlin's situation, like I, I just don't think you can fire Sean McDermott. I, I don't care how ugly today looked. Now, I, I do think it's fair to say that next year, I, I think Sean Payton's taking a job. Sean, Sean Payton's not going anywhere. I, I, I think that 
Sean McDermott is on the hot seat next year. It's basically like win the AFC or you're gone. I don't think it's Super Bowl or bust. Because again, you guys have never won a Super Bowl. Josh Allen's never won the AFC. But I think it's like get to the AFC Championship game and borderline win it. You know, th- if this happened again next year, to me, he gets like the Tampa Tony Dungy. See ya. I heard you say CMC and Purdy had the same 40. They gave me pause, so I checked. According to NFL.com, CMC ran 448 and Purdy ran 484. Did I miss something? I said they had the same 10 time. So the 40 from a scout's perspective is broken up into three times. The 10, the 20, and the 40. Like you said, McCaffrey ran a 484 and Purdy ran a 48. But their 10 time, which we use to measure a lot of like a, like D linemen, what Nick Bosa, Micah Parsons, right, uh, Hassan Reddick, Fletcher Cox, like when, when those guys are at the combine, your 10 time, Chris Jones, is a really big deal because it measures how fast you play in a short area. Brock Purdy's 10 time is really good. He obviously is not going to run away from anybody in 40 yards, but as you saw today, like he can keep plays alive just in a little 10 yard radius. So I, I was talking the 10 time, not the 40. Uh, confusing because Brock Purdy did not run a 4.84, or else he'd be like the little white Lamar Jackson. Are Joe Burrow and the Bengals being held back by Zach Taylor? They won today over the Bills, but to be honest, most of Zach Taylor's play calling seems completely uncreative uh, by the fact that Joe is a stud quarterback and they got ballers all over the field in Chase, Higgins, Boyd, Mixon, and company. Crazy idea. But if they make the Super Bowl and lose again, would they maybe make a move for Sean Payton to try to capitalize on the talent they have? Look forward to hearing your thoughts. So we got a Bills fan that wants McDermott gone for Sean Payton. We now have a Bengals fan. You guys got, I don't know if you're a Bengals fan, but here's what I'll say about Zach Taylor. He has been in six playoff games, and one of those is Super Bowl, in the last 12 months. He's won five of them. He is 5-1 and one in his last six playoff games. 5-1. and one. That includes on the road, in Kansas City, and in Buffalo. I'm sorry, I will defend Zach Taylor today. His team showed up with Lou Amarillo. I, I, am I saying his name wrong? Uh, Diamador Lenore, I screwed that up earlier. Lou, I'll just call him Coach Lou. And they beat the shit out of the Bills. So I, I have a hard time. Would every team in the league rather have Sean Payton than Zach Taylor? Of course, but I, I can't fire Zach Taylor. He went on the road to Buffalo as a six-point underdog and kicked their ass. That's a fantastic win for Zach Taylor. I don't want to say it's as big as the Chiefs won last year because the Chiefs won got him the Super Bowl, but it's not far behind. That was that was impressive today. That really was. Now, this week, it'll depending on what Mahomes' injury is, um, well, I mean, we know his injury, but in terms of how healthy he is, they might be favored. You know, there's going to be some pressure on him, but he's 5-1. and one. How many people listening to this, whoever your favorite team is, if you're a Cowboy fan, an Eagle fan, uh, whoever, a Giants fan, a Patriot fan, would you take being 5-1 and one in the last 12 months in playoff games? It sucks losing the Super Bowl, but you're winning every other game. And you're kicking some ass. I mean, they kicked ass today. That, that was... They worked the Bills. That, that was crazy. 
I know the Bengals have a great team and Joe Burrow is amazing, but when do we have to admit Zach Taylor might be a pretty good coach? Okay, I, I thought we were going to keep shitting on Zach Taylor. Sometimes you and myself included treat him like Staley, but clearly Zach is a lot better. 100%. Here's what I say about Zach Taylor. I watch Zach Taylor talk. I, I hear a real guy. I hear a normal guy. Guy from Oklahoma, Midwestern American. Play, I think he played in Nebraska. Just clearly just a high-level guy. I like Zach Taylor. Now, I don't know if he's Bill Walsh, but I'm with you. From what I can see, I would love to have Zach as my head coach as a Broncos fan. Is there something I'm missing? No. I'm in agreement. Zach Taylor, as the kids would say, we're giving you your flowers. Uh, you, you, when playoff game, if, like what you have to do as a coach, if, listen, most coaches are never going to win a Super Bowl. Can you just win playoff games? Can you win playoff games? Like if you can't win playoff games, then like it's hard to keep your job for a long time. Like Kyle Shanahan, he might get his ass kicked this week, or he may lose by a walk-off field goal, or he might win the game and then lose the Super Bowl. He might never win a Super Bowl. But you know what Kyle Shanahan does a lot for the Niners? Win playoff games. He's won, he's won six playoff games in three, I guess, the last four years. He's been in the playoffs three of the last four years. He's been to conference championship game three times. Like That's that's all you want as a, as a fan, unless you have Brady or like Mahomes, is like, just give the team a chance. Just give the team a chance. Win some games. Zach Taylor's doing that. Clearly, Burrow likes him. I'm with you. I, uh, I'm getting a lot of Zach Taylor DMs. This is from Sean, big time fan. But it's time you stop dissing Zach Taylor. Earlier this season, you pretended to forget this man's name. I did. It's time to stop the nonsense parroting of so-called conventional wisdom. Zach is not a good coach. Burrow wasn't just being polite when he said Zach was the best coach in football. I wouldn't go that far, but I hear you. Zach has led the Bengals to a second AFC Championship game, and when few thought they would do so, you finally stopped naming Herbert ahead of Burrow. In your list of stud young quarterbacks. A little too late, but at least you finally did it. It's now time to give Zach some respect and cut out the condensation. Uh, thank you for reading this. I love you, but sometimes tough love is called for. Keep up the great pods. I especially love that you publish pods on Sundays. No one else does. You've got to pay the bills, baby. I- I'm, I'm with you. I-, I wasn't trying to be condescending when it comes to Zach Taylor. I literally in a podcast... Earlier this season, forgot his name. <laughs> uh, part of that is a smaller market coach, right? Like, I, I wouldn't forget Mike McCarthy's name. Or, you know, he's, he's just not as famous even as, like, the Cliff Kingsbury's or some of these guys. I, I will give him his flower. He's doing... The goal of a coach is to win. It's to win. Like, I, I can shit on Kyle all I want for the end of the first half. What the hell was he doing? He won the game. That's all that matters. Like, ultimately, Mike McCarthy today I thought was one of his better games. His quarterback was terrible. was awful. Dak Prescott was not very good. So, and I think I heard Mike Tomlin say this. Might have been on Sean McVay and Schrager's podcast a couple years ago. He's like, I learned, I think he was taught by Monty Kiffin or John Gruden or one of his early mentors in, in the NFL that, like, any good coach can make a C player a B or a B plus for a season and have a guy overachieve. He said, what really makes the best coaches is making your great players always play great and getting your best out of your elite talent. Because ultimately, like in pro sports, to win and compete for championships, you need your role players to overachieve and play well. But ultimately, like I need Aaron Judge and Justin Verlander and Steph Curry and LeBron James or whoever my star players are to dominate. 
Like the reason the 49ers win a lot of big games is because their best players dominate. The reason the Chiefs have been to so many AFC Championship games, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, Chris Jones, and Tyreek Hill when he was on the team. This isn't a complicated formula. Like obviously you need other guys to do well, but like Andy gets a lot of credit because he gets his sweet players to dominate. And that's what Zach Taylor is doing. When I look up at the TV, it's Higgins, Chase, Burrow, and Mixon kicking your ass. Kicking your ass. So, nothing but love for Zach Taylor. Nothing but love. I deserve a little tough love. Because I I, I probably took, I don't want to say the easy route, but it was, I questioned Zach Taylor. I was wrong. Not not afraid to, uh, not, not afraid to pivot. John, this is from Wade. You see the Ed Reed stuff? Curious to get your thoughts in the mailbag if you don't cover it on your show. Well, I saw that he was hired by Bethune-Cookman, and then I saw that he, uh, I watched his speech to the team of him talking shit about the administration. And I worked at Fresno State for two years. And at the time, our administration was actually much more into like uh, <clears throat> Title IX. They didn't really like football. And it was very, very difficult to watch Pat Hill having to deal with that. And I, I've listened to a podcast Dion did with uh, Shannon Sharp, number one Laker fan. And he talked a lot about like it, most coaches, <clears throat> not at Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, are constantly fighting an uphill battle. Because in fairness to these institutions, like they're run by academics. And these academics, they live in this little bubble. Most of them, their only job is academia, and it pays well once you get tenured. And you're constantly fighting to try to get, you know, upgrades or what you value for your kids. And, and in football, it's for your team. And Ed, I think, believes that he got screwed over. Like they said they were going to do something, and clearly they had no intention of doing that. And, and basically, Prime told Shannon, like, it was happening all over the conference. Like, there's a lot of shady shit going on. And I think academia is a lot of shady stuff because there's a lot of money flowing in, and who knows where it's all going. Grants and people getting their hands on cash that have no business getting their hands on cash. And I don't know the details on this, but I can understand at some of these institutions going, something doesn't add up here. And Ed Reed, uh, a a former player, (laughs) guy who made a lot of cash in a high-level organization, could probably sniff out a fraud. And I wonder if Ed realized, like, they, I, we ain't seeing eye to eye on this one. So I give Ed Reed props for getting the hell out of there. Because I always lean on the side of administers, administrators in academia, whether it's in the athletic department or whether it's in the academic side. I don't know, man. I, I don't trust them. So I... Uh, <clears throat> I lean with Ed Reed on that one. His his speech to the team just absolutely shitting on the institution. I loved it. I mean, I I, I love it. I, I just think there are so many people. I, I talked to someone on the phone the other day who's in a graduate program and who said some of his teachers, you know, had actually been in the real world and come back. Listen, I, I I'm not anti people that teach. If you're going to be work at a, at a you know a university and you teach in the business program and you've run a business or been part of the private sector, but if you're just teaching and you've only in college at least I'm not talking high school I'm talking in college and you've only been part of academia it's like how, 
you're teaching these guys they're going to leave college to go in the real world. Like, life's not about this textbook or this slideshow. You know, so it's just, I don't know. Try not to be too negative. Uh, and I'm an educated guy, two degrees. Pro-education, you know, pro-education. Grandpa was was a professor at Cal. I never will be, but he was. Okay, last question. Now that Greg Roman is available, do you think he would fit on the Bears? I think he would have success with Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields can be as good as Lamar, and they have a similar skill set. Of course, Fields needs improvement on the passing game, and Roman seems to struggle with passing success. Regardless, if Fields was in Roman's system, I think he would be a top 10 quarterback. Do you agree? What's your take? I, I just think they're going to stick. I mean, Eberflus hired Getze from the Packers. Like, I, he ain't going anywhere. I, I just don't think it's an option. You know, I I, I think that Greg Roman, I, he's not going to be the Bears coordinator. Though, I actually think it would, uh, it would definitely work. <laughs> I mean, they kind of did that last year, didn't they? They just ran him around like Lamar. Now, they weren't winning any games, but he was being very, very productive. So I hear you. But I, I, I think that <clears throat> I give their coordinator now some credit. He kind of morphed their offense into that. Now, Roman is the master of kind of the running quarterback offense, but uh, I think your guy, I, I, I would give him another year. He's going to get it. Appreciate everyone listening. See you guys on uh, Tuesday. Adios. And uh, talk to everyone soon. See you. The volume. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome.